Holy Spirit is speaking to us, say, you know, when, when you look at what seems like so small compared to what once was, do not despise the day of small, of small beginnings. Welcome to the Fresh Expressions podcast, season four. I'm calling it the holiday edition. I'm your host, Heather Jalad. I'm a local pastor and a cultivator of Fresh Expressions, new faith communities that strive to reach new people in unexpected places. Season four will help you reimagine how you can leverage the fall season and the winter holidays to reinvigorate your church's relationship to your neighborhood and community. If you love this podcast, we hope you'll check out more. Head over to FX Connect an online community of church leaders who are reaching new people in new places and access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials. You can register for free today at fxconnectus.org. And if you've benefited from this podcast, you can help us spread the word. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or just share your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. Well, welcome back to the Fresh Expressions podcast and Happy New Year. It is hard to believe that we are at the beginning of 2024. I don't know about uh, our listeners, but I do know that I have this ridiculous energy at the beginning of the new year. I I am guilty of like setting all the goals and doing all the things and what am I going to change? A lot of us, uh, I think, pick up new habits, new routines, new rhythms, maybe and maybe even a new focus. And we we do have a new focus in the new year for Fresh Expressions North America, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. But I am excited today to be joined by our director of Fresh Expressions, Dr. Christopher Backert. Um, He's just Chris to me. (laughs) So Chris, it's great to have you. I am to most people. It's great to have you here on the show again. Um, sh- share with everybody kind of who you are, what um, some, some some of the changes that we are looking at in the Fresh Expressions um, organization and movement over the next year, and we'll kind of dig in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's great to be uh, to be back on the podcast. Uh, it's been a little while since I've been here, but I've enjoyed listening to them and all the other guests that have come on. and And one of the things that I I think is exciting to me, Uh, really that has been at the heart of the Fresh Expression story since I was first introduced to it in 2007 Mm -hmm. out of the United Kingdom, is uh, I just think it's it's such a a work of the Holy Spirit that is very doable. And you just hear so many stories of people putting the principles of Fresh Expressions into practice, even when they don't call it. Uh, or refer to it as right. fresh expressions, and and I think that that is is what I was enamored by when I first encountered the work of fresh expressions in 2007, coming out of the United Kingdom. It's what I see has blossomed and grown and matured over the last uh, coming up soon on about 15 years here in in North America, wow. and and everywhere I go, uh, I think. Uh, in the last two years, I've been in all 48 states in the lower 48, <laughs> and and just to see the growth that the Holy Spirit has brought to uh, to this to this movement, and I don't mean the Fresh Expressions organization. I mean right. the movement of uh, starting new kinds of faith communities centered around the resurrected Jesus to introduce people 
to the living God and faith in the gospel that are just not likely to attend church that we've that we've known. And um, so so anyway, that's I've I've loved hearing more stories about that on our podcast over the last season or two. And I just know there's so many more out there. Yeah, well, I think that one of the things that, you know, you you say that the movement of the spirit, it absolutely is the movement of the spirit in um, it's almost like there is this convergence of of folks that have been doing these new forms of church, these fresh expressions of church, following the leading of the spirit and some of the um, the postures and the practices that we talk about along the way um, that that are, you know, that are kind of big. I know that's certainly the case for me as as far as getting becoming a part of this this movement over the years, um, noticing that there are people are giving fresh expressions gives language to what the Holy Spirit is already doing and how we can um, partner with the Spirit and um, enjoy God and how God is moving in our communities in some unique um, ways and some exciting ways. And, um, and I know that there are God, our God is a God of, of, of new things and, um, new creation and recreation. And we've been able to, to see that you see, you know, you said you've been to, you know, 40, 48 States in the last year, you kind of have your, your finger on the pulse of, uh, the church with a capital C, even not even in just the States, but, um, on the continent and around the world. And, um, kind of before we get to, to, where we're going, where we're headed in this, uh, in 2024 with Fresh Expressions um, here in North America. What are you seeing out there? What are some things that you're noticing? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I think uh, the one thing I would say is there's so many different things happening uh, across North America and in the Church of North America that uh, there's, there's not, there are very few norms that I would say yeah. are t- taking place, you know, across the continuum of things, but there are some, and I think there are some, some, some realities. You might call them trends that are the just making themselves visible in manifold ways after the last few years. Yeah, uh, we've talked uh, at length. Many people have, not just us, about how the pandemic and all the tumultuousness of, you know, 2000 to 2022 mm-hmm. really accelerated uh, some realities that were already at work right. prior to the pandemic, but just brought them into quicker existence. And I think in 2023 and in 2024, we're, we're just we're just seeing those things in much more clear terms and the implications of them are, are, mm-hmm. are coming in much more clear terms. So a couple of them that, that come to mind. Um, First of all, is that I think uh, most things related to church ministry and church leaders uh, are now smaller. Mm. Most churches are smaller. Uh, Almost every denominational body of any kind is smaller. Uh, Most ministries are smaller. Most people's budgets are smaller. Uh, They weren't necessarily smaller in 2000 or 2021, but they're smaller now. Yeah, Um, there, there are the outliers. You know, the, the churches that really benefited in one way or another from the tumultuousness of the last few years. And and mm-hmm. there's a couple different ways that has played out. But, you know, some people might say that's 5% of all congregations. I think it's probably more like 2% that mm-hmm. really benefited from, from the last couple of years. But by and large, everything's smaller. <laughs> um, everyone's rebuilding in some fashion. Yeah. 
And, and I think that in that there is substantial openness in the rebuilding to say, well, there's some, some, some things we really have to, to do differently. Absolutely. Uh, I, I celebrate that. Yeah. <laughs> it is, you know, like you said at the be, you know, prior to the pandemic, the curtain was slowly being drawn on, you know, new realities, but the pandemic is like, let's just rip the curtain down. And, you know, uh, this, this is, this is us now. Right. And, um, and, and the reality that kind of we're all having to um, come to terms with, I think now is that um, we can't keep doing the same old thing. Right. We have to do things differently. Um, we can't, you know, the definition of insanity. We can't keep doing the same things and expecting a different result. The world around us has changed dramatically, um, particularly over these last few years. And um, and how do we pay attention to what God's been doing in the midst of that and um, and think differently about our, our models and forms of church? Yeah. Well, and, and there's kind of an underpinning to that, 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 um, I think that we all experience uh, it's it's uh, it occasionally shows up in some of the more recent data and studies, uh, but um, is is that nominal Christianity in any significant form has has died? Yes, uh, in the last three to four years, uh, you know that that group of people who um, attended church and participated in the life of the church uh, on a on somewhat of a regular basis but uh, weren't really engaged it was uh, in, in something they inherited um, or something they felt compelled to do for social reasons right or because of the way they grew up that that uh, aspect of life in the church in North America I think uh, it, in any, like I said, in any significant form has, has passed on. Mm. And I think that that, that what we see in now that, uh, you know, people pretty much have a, a pretty good idea if, you know, who has returned from the COVID period and what things mm. look like, uh, the, the gap between what things were in 2019 and what they are now is, is largely the, uh, the disillusion of nominal Christianity. Right. Uh, very few people are engaged in the Christian life and in their faith any longer uh, in any significant way who don't really want to, to do it. Right. That aren't <laughs> all in. Yeah. That are not all in. And I think that that is a, that is a very significant change because for, for at least the, the last hundred years, much of uh, the, Christian presence in North America and in the way that many um, denominations function. And, and for me, the reason I, I kind of, I still go back to denominational families a lot um, is, is because up until the last 15 or 20 years, it was the way in which the church in North America manifested itself in any discernible fashion. Um but the way that you know most of our denominations function was built on the premise of a significant participation of nominal Christians, and um, and that just has is eroded, and um, I think that that's that's part of the underlying uh, disruption that's going on is we just there's just very few of those people around any longer. Right. 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 Uh, 
big, big changes. And, and you're seeing that across. And I mean, we look at the global South and obviously things are significantly different. <laughs> and we, we, we have often said that we are, you know, um, that, that the folks in Europe are from our future and we're kind mm-hmm. of experiencing some of the same decline. Um, and uh, as they did right decades ago, um, and and I I I can't help but wonder, um, you know, the implications on the global south where the church is growing exponentially, continues to grow exponentially, and um, and then just noticing institutionally what's happening there too. I, I'm take I don't want to take us down a big <laughs> rabbit trail here, but obviously culturally things are very different there as well. So I don't know that this is a a question to be answered, but maybe just a rhetorical question or a, a question of curiosity. Like, I really wonder what the implications are for the global South in the decades to come. Well, you know, one of the things that I, I think I really became attuned to in 2023 was, um, you know, for instance, as you just mentioned, you know, we've often said that, uh, that, you know, Europe is a good predictor for the future of Christianity in uh, in North America, mm-hmm. right? They're a couple decades ahead of us. Um, I now think that there are there are two uh, uh, non North American pictures that are the picture of the future of the church in North America. One is the European picture, mm-hmm. which um, gives us a window into uh, a kind of post Christian reality and the decline. And the shifts that we need to make to engage a more post-Christian culture, right? Uh, I think at the same time, the the, the global South, uh, the global church, is also a picture of the future of mm. uh, the work of God and the power of the Spirit in North America. Uh, because the future of the church in North America is the global church. Mm. And uh, I'm, I'm involved in, in this last year in a, in, a, in a group that's really asking the questions, what, what does the re-evangelization or the re-engagement of North America yeah. with the gospel look like over the next three decades? And, mm. and um, part of the answer for that is going to be uh, the, the global church and the, the way it lives out its faith will, I think, in three decades be the predominant way that yes. the church in North America um, lives out its faith. And we will, we will, we will learn from the vibrant, uh, historic faith of the global church that is by and large charismatic, by the way. Yes. Um, Yes. Um, we will learn from that and it will be at the epicenter of what God is doing in North America. Mm -hmm. And it will help us, um, more effectively engage the increasingly post-Christian parts of North America that, that are already here um, and that are growing. And I, so I think there's now, I would say there's two pictures of our future okay. uh, and they tell two different things. Yes. And, um, and they're both, they're both really helpful to us if we can receive them. Well, I'm just going to say we you heard it here first, folks, because Chris Backert has a way of of really speaking prophetically to these things, and um and and he has said some things before that certainly have um uh come to pass, if you will, in in the reality of of how we uh how we are uh, the church in in North America. So I appreciate that. 
And I remember, Chris, a couple, it was probably less than a decade ago, reading some statistics about the average average Christian, if you want to say that, um, that the average Christian, I guess, at the turn of the century was a white male Brit. <laughs> uh, the largest percentage of Christians was a white male Brit. And that at, um, I guess, the turn of 2000, the, the um, mm. 21st century, that the, aver- the, the largest percentage of Christians was a um, black Nigerian woman. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Well, and and I think we have to um, uh, we have to remember. Uh, I remember hearing Billy Abraham uh, talk about this some years ago before he passed away. But um, he was talking about the Apostles' Creed, and um, he was talking mm-hmm. about how we we have to remember that uh, the Apostles' Creed is a is from North Africa. And that the foundation of our faith is, is, is an African faith. Yes, yes, <laughs> and, yes. Um, and uh, that, that wow. it's yeah. not Western. Yes. Um, you know, the, the, the teachings that have enabled the church to thrive through uh, many difficult circumstances over the last centuries and often in great opposition to the cultural context around them. Yes. Um, or they're not Western, <laughs> uh, they're, they're African. And again, I think that, that that's part of what we have to pay really good attention to now is, well, that's the part of the church that's growing in vibrancy and power. Um, and it will, it will be the predominant form of the church in, in North America. And, um, you know, it's not that hard to figure that out because all of our historic forms are, um, just dissolving so quickly. Yeah. So what a what a picture, really. I'm just picturing, um, what a what a picture of repentance <laughs> and a returning to where we came from, right? And um, mm. just the I, I recall reading, you know, Jesus uh, through Middle Eastern eyes. Uh, oh yeah, great book. Not long, not not. Uh, not too long ago, um, probably six, seven years ago, and um, and really having you know <laughs> having those reminders of the culture from which the the church was born, I think is um, is something that uh, can't can't be um, diminished. I think we need those reminders often, and it it sounds like from uh, what you are are sharing that um, those are reminders that will help us kind of live into to what's next for the church here uh, in this in this country and on this continent as well. Changes, changes, changes. So there's a lot of a lot of other changes that are happening <laughs> that yeah, um, right. that you may want to address. <laughs> um. Yeah. So you, you mean in, in terms of our, our ministry at, in Fresh Expressions? Yes, in particular? Yes, yeah. yeah. So as I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we've, we've been engaged in this, this work in some way uh, in, in North America for roughly 15 years. It, it took a couple of years of development to sort of determine that things could lift off in a way uh, here in the U.S. and then eventually Canada. Um, in, in a similar fashion as happened in the U.K. But but, you know, I've been personally engaged in, in uh, trying to follow the lead of the Holy Spirit and the call of God and to lift off fresh expressions in the U.S. since 2009. And as I think about the last 15 years, it's been an incredible period of 
uh, adventure, uh, growth, uh, surprise, uh, receptivity. And I think that just as a ministry as a whole, uh, we're just entering a different season. And, and, and just like, you know, we would teach any pioneer leader or congregation to pay attention to its context and that different dynamics develop at different stages. You know, we're trying to do the same thing. So, so as part of that, uh, my role is changing. And uh, officially, as of a few days ago, um, I'm, I'm the senior director of Fresh Expressions North America. Uh, Shannon Kaiser, who's been our director of training for some years, uh, an ordained Presbyterian. Uh, she is now our director of U.S. Ministries. Uh, we have uh, a director, Verlin Fosner, of our dinner church work. And because of the growth of the dinner church work, uh, we we are um, it's all still kind of fall under the same umbrella, but sort of executionally, we're beginning to just separate those a little bit. The fresh expressions work from the dinner church work just for focus, right. uh, because I, I, I'm actually seeing this is a, a tremendous season where I think that the dinner church is um, is just going to go. It's going to go kaboom. Uh, yeah. And I, there's a couple of reasons for that that we could we could talk about. But. Um, I think we're trying to really make sure that we steward that that moment uh, for for the lion's share of the last 15 years. Sort of the the pioneering work of Fresh Expressions has been the epicenter of, of what we've done as a whole ministry. And I think that will certainly continue. Uh, but I think that the dinner church is rising in this particular moment. I think coming out yeah. of the pandemic is part of that. The need for community. <clears throat> I think the accessibility of the dinner church model to what's really a great number of churches that are now open to thinking about doing something different uh, as a, as a good first step for them. Um, so, so anyway, so, so, so we have that now uh, we have a new um, emphasis on uh, Latin America and expressiones divinas, so fresh expressions uh, in and among the Hispanic community. And so because of all those things um, we were just restructuring so that uh, there can be more focus given uh, in each of these categories, my role particularly is changing in that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work with our directors as they work with our team and partners uh, in their focused areas, because all the folks, uh, you included, Heather, you know, who are now coming on our team as our associate director of training um, are, uh, I believe, just primed to help lead our whole ministry into this next season. Uh, and. I think this part of this is this is a ground up season. This is a yeah. local church season. The last 10 to 15 years have, have largely been a network or denominational kind of season. Mm-hmm. And um, and denominations are dying. Yes. Um, I mean, basically across the board, uh, denominations are dying. But denominationalism is not. Um, those are two different things. Um, and um, I think that uh, in, in this moment, uh, part of what we've sensed in our own listening and discerning is that uh, we, we need to have a greater focus uh, on the ground and less of a focus sort of so, quote unquote in the air. Yeah. And, um, and, and we're restructuring and appointing leaders like yourself, Shannon, Verlin, Eliseo and others who, who are uh, on the ground uh, with people, other pioneering leaders to sort of lead us into this next season. So I'm excited for it. When I meet with our directors, I tell them um, that, you know, in this new season, you need to tell me what you need from me. Uh, how can I help you get yes. where it is that you feel like the Lord is, is taking us next? 
Uh, so, so those are some of the changes that are that are taking place as we pay attention to you know just the stage of of where things are at uh, in this movement that we're that we're just part of. And that's a great segue really into kind of the focus of Fresh Expressions in this new year, even with our um, small church um, academy series that we're doing at the um, at the beginning of this year and not despising small beginnings. Right. Because yes, the, the, Lord would despise the day of small beginnings. Yes, yes, yes. Let, let's just begin. Right. <laughs> let's begin. Um, and, and so do you want to say you want to speak to that a little bit as far as what's coming down the pike with with that? I know we're, we're making some changes and some different opportunities to partner with folks and um, and in our training as well. So why don't you um, unpack that a little bit? Yeah, Absolutely. So I think, you know, a lot, a lot of the motivation for us in this season, it does come from that that passage in Zechariah. Um, and you know, the, the context there is that the people of God are, are, uh, they're beginning to rebuild, right? They're beginning to rebuild. And as they begin rebuilding, they look at what they have, they have, and it just seems so unglorious compared to what they once had. <laughs> uh, it seems small. And I think that that's the season that we're in 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 large measure in in North yeah. America that we we remember um and it was not a day that long ago where where things in the church just seemed more glorious than they do now <laughs> uh there were more people uh there was more resources um there was less acrimony um it it just seems like an easier time and um and I think that the holy spirit spoke to them through through Zechariah and the Holy Spirit is speaking to us say hey you know when when you look at what seems like so small compared to what once was do not despise the day of small of small beginnings and i think that that's where we feel uh led into this season is to to embrace along with the rest of the church this new place that we're in because as i said at the beginning almost everything is smaller i was just in december out with a uh, one of the most notable uh, mega churches in uh, in North America. If I said its name, every, everyone would know uh, who it is. And um, and they were sharing with me that on the other side of COVID, that they've maybe returned seventy five percent of participation at their main campus, uh, but it's about fifty percent in all their sort of satellite type campuses. And they're asking themselves really important questions about how do we get smaller? Um, is what we're doing replicable? How do we multiply this? Um, and so even though, you know, much of the church in North America would look at this particular congregation and say, that's huge, right? They yeah, still have yeah. 12,000 people instead of 20,000 <laughs> people. Um, yeah. they, they feel significantly smaller and they're thinking smaller. And um, and I think that's part of the you know the season that we're in. You know, technology uh, is inherently deflationary. Yeah, meaning that you know it it, it makes everything more accessible to more people mm-hmm. for less cost. Mm-hmm. And and so it has a way of of distributing things. And there's some really bad parts of that. Right. Um, but part of what it, it, I think that's going to necessitate is again, it's smaller approaches to reach more groups of people. Um, and so 
we're just trying to live into that. We're trying to embrace that. We're trying to help smaller churches. You know, the average church size is, I think, 65 now when it was 78 or 80, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and just say, hey, all of what we're talking about, what we've been talking about for the last 15 years, starting new expressions of church alongside interrelated to existing congregations to reach people right. that are not likely to come to the things we already do. Um, that's all super doable for small congregations especially if you're willing to just uh, reallocate some of your emphasis and resources. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're trying to lean into. Uh, you did mention that last week of January, I believe it is where I'm a small church emphasis week. Mm-hmm. Um, we are restructuring some of our training and coaching um, again, just to, to make it more accessible, affordable for individual congregations yeah. that want to pursue um, up the path of fresh expressions. As you know, Heather, so much of, of what we've done over the last, you know, 10 to 15 years, it's really been related to denominational communities. You know, we've worked with right. almost a hundred different denominational bodies in the U S or Canada. And, um, and that's been great. And we'll continue to do that. Right. Uh, but in the whole movement as a whole, I think there are now just so many more local churches that are ready to take a next step that that they're at that point where we're saying, you know, we really need to do something different and we want to adjust so we can be a good steward of what the Lord has given us to be of help to them and to them not have to rely on going through their denominational family community um, because many of them have less resources than they did five years ago um, to get some help in moving down this direction. I think that, I mean, I I think that really speaks to something that kind of emerged um, out of COVID as well. And that the theology of place really, I think, um, uh, became so much more um, deeper and wider for people than maybe it ever had been before with people having to stay home and really being, you know, um, where is church and what is church if we can't gather in one place and thinking differently about our neighborhoods and our networks maybe than we ever had uh, before. And so, you know, as as detrimental as um, the pandemic was certainly to a lot of things, I think it is um, has been certainly helpful in uncovering, not only uncovering, some realities that were already happening, but um, opportunities. And I think that's really what this is all about, the opportunities that are in front of us and how we can um, partner with one another uh, to to walk into to what's next as far as the churches and um, in these different communities, each one being um, uh, very different and um, and context have being contextually nuanced and um, really understanding what it looks like to be church wherever that is. And as mm. you said, Chris, I mean it's we're not throwing we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. We we have always been very much about the both and. Um, we're yeah, yeah. We're always very much about the both and and how can we come alongside maybe larger churches or denominations, but also um, uh, the smaller churches and and look uniquely at what those what those assets are because God has given us unique gifts wherever we are, whether it be location or the gifts in the body or. Um, uh, whatever the case may be, uh, and how do we help um, recognize what those are? Uh, because a lot of times we've been 
you know, doing doing the same things over and over again, and we ne- necessarily have not um, recognized what those gifts are, those unique gifts are for our particular context. And and I think that's um, really what uh, Fresh Expressions does such a good job of is, you know, really looking at what has God uniquely given us and gifted us with, and how can we um, walk into what's next and follow the leading of the the Holy Spirit. Um, and so. Um, Small well, and, things, and and, and and I think you you may have said this at the beginning, but you know our heart has always been: how do we take the church that Jesus loves and get it closer to the people Jesus loves, so they can right. and connect with it, receive it, engage it? And it's all about how do how do we get closer, right? Right. Great, closer presence, closer proximity, and and you know we're not the only people thinking about this, right? right? Yeah. Um, you know, I was I was. Uh, I can't remember where I was, but I was somewhere I needed to run into the store and I went into a target and, um, and it, it was like the smallest target I've ever been in, in my life. I, <laughs> I thought I went, I was like the size of a dollar general. And I ended up reading an article a couple of weeks ago about targets shift to smaller, smaller stores and smaller, smaller, smaller locations, less parking, um, all around the idea that, that we our model can't fit everywhere, so we need to adjust our scale <laughs> um, wow. in order to get closer to more people. Um, and so we're, we're just we're that's all the part of the deflationary aspects of our sort of modern age. Uh, but we're, we're just trying to do the same thing. How do we get closer to people? That necessitates being smaller. And I think so much of the imagination for church leaders for really decades has been how to get bigger. Yeah. How to get bigger. And, it, you know, I know from, from last 10 to 15 years, I mean, Heather, even in your, you know, your tradition uh, and in many other traditions, right. People, when they move to a bigger church, they feel like they've done a good job and they get promoted. <laughs> right. And sometimes that's even been stated. You do a good job. I'll promote you to a, right, Thanks, yeah. a larger congregation. And I, I think that's shifting. I think that's mm. really shifting. Um, that our imagination is shifting to how do we how do we get smaller, even if we're in a bigger context. Yeah, yeah, no, so good. I, I think it really speaks to just the. <sighs> there's such a convergence of things happening here for me in this conversation with, you know, with, with the new year, with new things and new beginnings and new rhythms and new, new ways of maybe looking at things or new structures. Um, and, um, listening to, uh, James clear talk about, uh, the 1% changes that we make that have such significant, uh, can over time have such significant outcomes, but it's not about the outcome. It's about the, the 1% change that we make every single day. Um, and whatever habits or rhythms or ways of, of being in the world that can make such a significant difference. And I guess for us as the, as fresh expressions, all of those things are really encompassed in, um, in the models of church that, um, that we lean into and partner with, with congregations to, to begin. But those small ways of, of living and being in our communities, um, really speak to not despising small beginnings because there are such significant outcomes that come from just those little simple faithful acts and um, ways of paying attention to what God is doing that, um, you know, I think it, 
you know, like I said, there's a convergence of things happening here. It can make such a significant difference over time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So mustard seeds, I know you kind of, um, you know, small things, right? Um, we think of the mustard seeds in scripture. We think of the the yeast in scripture that can mm-hmm. leaven the whole. Um, you mentioned Target. My, my question to you, Target even changing how they're, they're um, constructing their... Um, their their stores. Um, so I'm wondering if there are any other mustard seeds really that maybe we need to be paying attention to as far as um, small things that are going to, you know, make a big difference going forward. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that um, there are sh- stories uh, and uh, that come to mind. Uh, for instance, I just met a leader who is forming fresh expressions around uh it really started as a, a passion for clean water mm. and was particularly having a lot of fruitfulness with with young younger people in their 20s and their teens and the way he was approaching it was talking about how um, you know, uh, people want to be engaged in solving some of the biggest problems in the world hmm. and clean water is a 1 billion person problem and, um, began forming fresh expressions around a passion for groups that wanted to start, uh, to, to, to contribute to that call. Mm-hmm. And um, and has got about, I think, eight or ten fresh expressions uh, kind of geographically situated that all gather around this passion. Mm-hmm. And so so I think that that I just see stories like that as uh, signposts for me um, yeah. of uh, if that's true among, you know, 40 or 50 people in one part of the country, that may be true for four or five hundred people in other parts of the country. Yeah. Right. And that is it really it's again, it's it's tapping into I always have said uh, fresh expressions can be built around place. Right. A smaller geographic location, an apartment building, you know, um, people, a particular affinity. Right. So runners, bikers, hikers, uh, snowboarders uh, or passion. Right. So mm-hmm. but one of the things that I haven't really seen as much of in the last 10 to 15 years are fresh expressions forming around passion or cause. And, um, and so I, 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 I see that example I'm giving you there about uh, clean water as, as an example of, okay, that's a fresh expression forming around passion yeah. and it's particularly having a, an impact on people in their teens and twenties. And so that's a, that's one mustard seed or signpost <laughs> that, uh, that, that I would, I would toss out there, uh, that I'm, that I'm encountering, um, yeah, that's good. I think I th- I think you're right. I mean, I I see. I think that's certainly the case, and there are certainly folks that are passionate about such a variety and diversity of things that um, that that you know perhaps we need to do a better job of pointing to the possibilities there um, because it is a small thing. It's something you're already passionate about. It's something that you're already doing, and how can you? 
um, certainly build community around that and um, move forward together. Uh, so thank you so much. So thank you so much, Chris, for the conversation, for the insight and um the, the opportunity to kind of get a bigger picture view of what's happening with fresh expressions and what to look forward to in the, um, in 2024. Uh, I have asked everybody that has been a guest this season to pray for our listeners. So would you Mm -hmm. close us out with a word of prayer? Oh, absolutely. That would be great. Thank you. All right. Let us pray. God, we come before you, uh, this day. And we ask for your blessing to fall on all those who listen um, to this podcast and receive these words. I pray particularly that you would uh, settle upon them the things that we've talked about here that are of you and that would lead them to furtherance in the gospel of the kingdom uh, and in the cause of Christ in their area and among the people that they love and serve. And I pray that you would sift out those things that are not important or not essential for them. I pray that as they enter in this new year, that they would sense the wind of your Holy Spirit uh, at their back and that they would be open to the tangible, discernible actions of the Holy Spirit uh, in front of them uh, and through them. And so as we launch off into this new season where we, um, where we do not want to despise the day of small beginnings, we mm. pray into today mm. as a small beginning on uh, this January 5th, I believe it is, uh, that uh, you would uh, multiply uh, your uh, manifest presence and witness among mm. all those who uh, listen to this. Uh, throughout this year. In the name of your son, Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you again so much, Chris. Looking forward to what 2024 has for us. All right. Thank you, Heather. Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we live, work, eat, and play by leveraging the creativity and endurance of the inherited church. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressions.com backslash how to start. Want to learn more from the Fresh Expressions team? Head over to freshexpressions.com slash training to learn ways we can work together to provide coaching, training, and inspiration for your church or organization. You can also get more resources like this on FX Connect, an online community full of other church leaders passionate about reaching new people in new places. Access our entire library of practical and inspiring training materials and connect with other church leaders at fxconnectus.org. Season four of the Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Heather Jalad. It's edited by Joel Limbaum and produced by Jeanette Stats, Kathleen Blackie, and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backert. If you have learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on social media. Now, may God bless you in your work for the kingdom.